I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news and interviews and matters that impact Volusia County, directly or indirectly. It's been a busy week for the county, and I'll be interviewing County Council Member Matt Reinhart about specific issues. But first, let's hear some news. The county hosted their economic quarterly breakfast and Aviation and Economic Resources Director Cyrus Callum presented the latest economic data. Now, based on 2020 numbers, 168,000 or so individuals are employed in Volusia. Of those, 57,000 or so work here but live outside Volusia, meaning that 110,000 or so live and work in Volusia. Now also, as for unemployment rates, Volusia this past quarter had 2.9% unemployment versus the state of Florida with 2.7% unemployment. Daytona Beach had 3.0% unemployment. Deland had 2.7. Deltona had 2.9. New Smyrna Beach had 2.3. Ormond Beach had 2.2. And Port Orange also had 2.2. And it was also reported that there were 58 new commercial building permits in the county this third quarter. Now I'll have more details about this economic data in next week's podcast. Next item, County Council will hold a special meeting next Wednesday, August 30th, 4 p.m. to consider sunsetting the county's communication services tax effective January 1, 2024. Now that meeting will take place at the County Administration Building in DeLand. Next item, County Council is also seeking applicants for several advisory boards that address specific topics affecting the county. Applicants will be accepted county-wide unless indicated for these boards. Now, openings on Agri-Business Interrelationship Committee, one opening, Business Incubator Advisory Board, four openings, Code Enforcement Board, they got two positions. Uh, They're looking for an architect, business person, engineer, general contractor, subcontractor, or realtor. Also, the Contractor Licensing and Construction Appeals Board, one community representative, the Environmental Natural Resources Advisory Committee, one opening, Volusia Growth Management Commission, one opening, Historic Preservation Board, two openings, applicants must live in East Volusia, and then Housing Finance Authority, one opening. Now, these boards advise the County Council on matter that affect 
residents and county government, and they'd like applicants with, to have some expertise regarding the board's objectives. And members will be selected by the county council, and applications and more information are available at www.volusia.org forward slash advisory. Or you can contact Deputy Clerk Carissa Green at 736-5920, extension 12613. Next item, regarding the legislature, Florida Senate and House interim committee meeting dates are now set to prepare for the 2024 session. Now, they'll be meeting September the 18th through the 22nd. That'll be the House. The 9th through the 13th, that'll be Senate only. The 16th through the 20th, and then November the 6th through the 9th, and then November the 13th through the 17th, December the 4th through the 7th, and December the 11th through the 15th. And the regular session will convene Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024. Moving on to the cities, Daytona Beach waiving of permit fees to promote reinvestment. That ends in about two months after they've had about a two-year initiative to waive building permit fees in the area of Mason Avenue to Shady Place and Ridgewood to Nova in that area. And so far, 914 residential and commercial permits have been issued leading up to over $12 million in repairs, upgrades, and beautification projects, thus saving property owners 444000 in permit fees. Now, this included roof replacements, upgraded electrical and fire suppression systems, new fences, doors, windows, air conditioners, but uh, permit applications are still accepted at City Hall or call 671-8171. Seven eight for assistance. Still with the city, Florida Department of Transportation is hosting a public meeting about improvements to Mason Avenue from Clyde Morris Boulevard to Beach Street. Now this will be Tuesday, August 22nd, 5.30 p.m. at the Cherry Community Center. That's 925 George Ingram Boulevard, right there at Nova Road, and they'll discuss plans to enhance operations and improve pedestrian safety with improvements, including mid-block crossings and sidewalk segments. Stay tuned. And next item, I'd like to put a word in for Fountainhead, Jason Myers, headquarters campus in Holly Hill, for Synergy Billing. This facility is on the site of the old Holly Hill Middle School, 1200 Center Avenue, just north of LPGA Boulevard. Synergy Billing is a medical and coding company, just one segment of Fountainhead, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. 
And next is our interview with County Council Member Matt Reinhardt. He is the District 2 representative, which includes Ponce Inlet, Wilbur-by-the-Sea, Daytona Beach Shores, and most parts of Daytona Beach, South Daytona, and Port Orange in unincorporated Volusia County. Now, he began his two-year term back in January of this year. He is a former member of the City of Daytona Beach Code Enforcement Board and retired warden for Volusia County Division of Corrections and is former code enforcement officer for City of New Smyrna Beach. And he and his wife, Stephanie, live in Daytona Beach. Matt, we're sure glad to have you with us today. Appreciate it, John. So uh, tell us, I mean, how are things going with County Council right now, though? I mean, any comments that you may have? Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, this is something uh, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I, I, I really am. I'm enjoying the fact that, um, you know, for 30 plus years, I did law enforcement. I, I did the best that I could do to help out my community with respect to that. <clears throat> but this gave me another opportunity to continue that service to the county. Um, and uh, it, it's a learning curve all the, the entire time. This is something we're, we're learning the, the entire time. But from the campaign moving forward and the, the ability to go out there and, and listen to people's concerns, that was tremendous. And, you know, it was funny because when we started the campaign, of course, we had things we wanted to accomplish. And that kind of evolved and, and grew as we heard people's concerns. And then we ran into two storms. And that, you know, that, of course, added to it. So in my career in law enforcement, acting or being the warden, uh, you had to prioritize a lot of things. And this certainly put that to the test as well. You know, we had to prioritize our, our, our mission, our view, and address the needs of the people first, which were those that were, were so hurt and hit by those storms. And we're still working on that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So you mentioned the storms, though. And let me go ahead and just jump into that right now. Sure. Sure. Uh, in your district specifically, and I think yours was one of the hardest hit districts of all. It places, was. It was. But uh, you still got a number of oceanfront <clears throat> buildings out there and still didn't, I guess, you know, getting permits uh, to build, rebuild and repair and all. And I know you've done these, what, sand trap bags. So what's the status of the speech out there right now? Good question. We, um, you know, of course, the first $5 million that we got from the government with regards to uh, helping us out, um, we designated that for the sandbags, the $5 million. And the sandbag, the trap bags, as they refer to them, um, to me, that's only a band-aid. You know, that, that's to stop that water flow from going in while people make their necessary repairs. The big and the, the huge, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the huge uh, hurdle that we had to overcome where it was the permitting process and we're still doing that. But I think we have made, uh, it was a huge leap uh, with regards to that. Uh, initially they said October 1st, or I'm sorry, uh, as soon as turtle season opened, um, you're done, you know, May 1st. And uh, that kind of scared everybody. So our staff did a phenomenal job continuing to stay in contact with our state legislators, uh, our federal legislators, and uh, uh, DEP to try to uh, open that up a little bit. And it went from nothing to where we're at now, allowing people to uh, get their permits. Uh, we have opened up beach access uh, uh, money, and I'll go through the numbers in a second, but 
many of those beach access points where we still have closed off to the public, we have opened it enough for construction equipment to get down there uh, to allow that rebuilding process. Now, that being said, uh, the, we have to pay special attention to the, to the requirements that set forth by DP with regards to the permitting. If they see the turtle nest appear, uh, we can put a 20-foot radius around that, uh, barring that it's not right in the, in, the, in the construction zone, and allow construction to continue. Now, if it happened within that zone or where they're working, obviously the work has to stop. Uh, until until uh, the hatchling has occur and they have a time period designated by FDEP, uh, once that's cleared, then construction can resume. Uh, this, when this was first talked about, they were talking about once it was seen, then that was it. You, you had stopped until the end of turtle season. But that was just yet another push from our, our folks to uh, to the DEP to say, hey, NFWC to say, hey, once it's cleared, we'll give you a certain specific amount of time. And then can we start resuming construction again? If not, that, that that's months, Jim, that's wasted that we can't do anything about it uh, with regards to fixing their properties. And the turtles are gone. No, I want to commend staff, especially, though, I mean, because they've done a fantastic job on that. Though. I mean, just uh, when that first came out, though, I mean, that really, really was a uh, monumental achievement there, though. But, uh, hey, shifting gears a little bit, though, I mean, last year, mm -hmm. uh, county staff, under the leadership of uh, Donna Butler, they prepared an affordable housing report. And a set of recommendations. It's called the path forward. Yep. And uh, they were adopted. You know, I mean, like I say, by county council and all. And I know y'all did some item on that uh, two weeks ago. That said, how do you see the need for affordable housing in Volusia right now? Oh, I, and it's still needed. And and we're constantly. I know personally. I'm. We're. Uh, we're all constantly looking for ways that we can accommodate that. You know, it's it's funny because uh, can anybody give a true definition of affordable? you know, uh, what's affordable. Now, you can go within the, the AMI and, and say within a certain pay that you or a certain amount of money that you uh, bring in income. Uh, but anyways, that being, setting that aside, um, I don't know if you remember a couple meetings back or a few meetings back, there were some properties that were up on the chopping block and uh, the majority of the council wanted to put that back on the, on the, on the for sale block, if you will, one more time. And I, I asked for a, there was a 20 acre parcel, about 20 acre parcel that I asked to be set aside uh, that fell within district two. And I have visions of an affordable housing project that we can possibly accomplish uh, within that, that area. Um, so we're always constantly still looking. I mean, we have that, that dashboard that's available that, that uh, Carmen Hall uh, kind of monitors and watches and Dr. Burball, they're doing a great job. Now Donna has shifted, um, you know, her responsibility to recovery and resiliency for our 386 project. <clears throat> she has done a phenomenal job uh, with respect to affordable housing. I don't want to impede that in any way, but um, it is a great plan. But I always think that we we can still do a little bit more. And that that was just an example. You know, I've, I've been into this since January and we've already identified that. So um, I'm hoping that we can do some more. And those opportunities will come up. Well, and by the way, Daytona Beach City Commission last night, they approved, you know, a few items there, again, to make way for more affordable housing on different lots in the city of Daytona Beach, per se. Yes, sir. So, uh, keep up the good work there. 
But uh, next thing, infrastructure, county roads in particular. Uh, I mean, are we catching up? And I mean, can we can we quote impact fee our, our way out of it? This? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the current policy on collecting proportionate fair share uh, payments from developers, uh, you know, that prepayment, if you will, of your impact fees, um, that helps. Uh, the county mitigates some of the impacts of, of additional, you know, traffic from new development and and thoroughfare road network. However, uh, due to the recession, due to inflation, um, other factors uh, affecting road capacity and whatnot, um, we're still playing catch up. We're still playing catch up. Do I think that that will will help? I think it will. Uh, we we if you ask me, um, I appreciate some of the council what they wanted to do with regards to uh, the other the last meeting. Uh, by trying to uh, get away from some taxes and reduce some tax burden to our citizens with respect to the gas tax. However, uh, I, I brought uh, Mr. Bartlett up there uh, to the podium to ask him those questions specifically uh, with respect to, to my district. You know, um, I get concerns and calls all the time about Williamson, about Clyde Morris. These are county maintained roads that are in disrepair to some degree, but enough that it's concerning. Uh, I don't know if you've driven down that way. You know, we, we do have a plan in the in the mix coming up in the near future to expand Williamson uh, going from Bevel Road to um, Madeline. And my question is, what about before that? You know, that's still county and that still need repair. Uh, and that is on the that's part of this and what the, that gas tax affects. And I don't want to take that away. Now, I have some other plans. Uh, another idea down the road, uh, I don't want to divulge that yet, but um, that would really, really help us, I think. Uh, we'll see how the rest of my count, the council feels about it. Um, uh, with, I think we can make leaps and bounds uh, to helping some of our roads and whatnot if, if this comes to fruition. But uh, I got to get past uh, next November, if you will, before I can try to make that work. So. <clears throat> well, that and, 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 and I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, I know everybody has been talking about for some time, and I know there's apparently been work done on it. The uh, was it Little Tomoka River Bridge? Ah, uh, yeah, out there on LPGA. You know, I mean, yep. before we get that thing widened, and uh, and I, that I was a hot topic for Troy. He, he Troy Kent. He was uh, and oh, rightfully yeah. so. That is uh, that's an area of concern. That's an area that needs to be addressed. He, he couldn't have hit it uh, more of a home run with bringing that up. No doubt, no doubt, though. But, you know, and the other thing, <laughs> along those same lines, and I think y'all had a presentation from Ryan Oskowski and Aaron Van Cleek uh, the other day, being yep. uh, as far as roads and gas tax, but you got more electric vehicles. Ah, see, and this plan that I'm talking about would address just that. Um, there are. Uh, and it was kind of funny when, you know, David's, uh, Santiago brought up, he goes, Hey, I got an electric vehicle, but you know, we got to look at, uh, I'm all about being fair too. Uh, and this is something that I commend the fact that, uh, our, our smart people out there had developed this type of transportation for, you know, to try to lessen the burden of, of what fuel prices are. Um, however, uh, they use the roads too, and, and we got to find a way. And, and what I have in the mix, uh, what I'm thinking about doing would, would address just that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Let's see what happens there then. So, uh, but now y'all are in the budget mode right now. 
Yes, and next month, you got the two public <laughs> hearings coming up. Yep. And I believe that you're looking for this year with the uh, the public safety in and the ju- regular county general fund, you're looking at a combined $420 million, $420 million general fund. Yep. You know, I mean, and that includes, you know, public safety and all. Yes, sir. Uh, for fiscal year 23 and 24. Anything in particular you would like to see the county concentrate on in that general fund budget next year? We're, we're doing and you just hit it on the head, Jim, with uh, respect to public safety. Uh, you know, my my background uh, in that area, obviously, that's a huge concern of mine. Uh, we are, as you know, uh, everyone knows that we're trying to address some issues that we have uh, with respect to pay for some of our public safety, uh, you know, with uh, fire, with EMS and <laughs> near and dear to my heart, corrections. And exactly. uh, they they are right now uh, in negotiations with their union. Um, so we got to be careful about what, you know, how much involvement we we get in with that because of that. I don't want to hinder anything than the progress that they've already made. Um, however, um, I think once we come to an agreement, and I think we all can, um, that's going to cost a little bit. And uh, we have to look at that. Uh, the sheriff has his own budget. You know, he's, he's an elected... Uh, or a constitutional officer, and because of Amendment 10, he can be able to do that. Uh, some of the things that he was able to do for his staff, uh, I don't know if we can do for all of Volusia County, but, you know, remember, he operates his own budget out of, out of that. So um, he's able to do some creative things with respect to that. But I still think that we can become more competitive. Uh, some of the things we talked about, we have uh, counties right next to us that our staff are going to. You know, they live in Volusia. And they work in Flagler or Seminole because they pay a little bit better. Um, I want to, you know, bring it back to us. You're spending more in Volusia County. Then we can afford these types of things. You know, it's full circle. So, uh, you know, it, it, if we can have you living here, working here and playing here, uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the big theme parks and whatnot. But, you know, we have some fun things to do over here in Volusia, too. And I'd like to bring some of those people that are in those other counties back over to us. Uh, so I think we need to pay attention to that. Um, there was a gentleman that brought it up at the last meeting talking about, um, state of the art facilities and, uh, you know, that we need to do better with our train station, you know, to bring these people in to make it look, uh, uh, world renowned, if you will. And I couldn't agree more. So we need to, we need to look at that. Um, that would be a great idea. I mean, the wheel started turning once you brought that up, he's right. Uh, we have a wonderful airport, a phenomenal airport, not wonderful, phenomenal. <clears throat> and uh, I couldn't be more proud of the folks that are over there. Uh, so they have done some phenomenal work and 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 it makes us uh, world renowned if you ask uh, if you ask me, but I do want to see our our other infrastructure, uh, uh, not infrastructure, but our 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 train depot that's over the Amtrak station. and uh, we have a phenomenal uh, ocean center. Um, Yep. In comparison to some of the other uh, convention centers, no, it's not as big, but we do a we do a great job. We're looking for ways to to bring in concerts uh, and some bigger shows to bring more people in. So these are the types of things that I can see that spending a little bit more uh, in those. And, I, and I'll be curious to see, uh, you know, when I looked at that budget and, and thought to myself, you know, I, I was pretty proud of what we were able to accomplish with the corrections. Uh, when I oversaw their budget as a warden, uh, now, you know, this this budget is that on steroids. You know, <laughs> this is huge. 
So, um, but it gave me a little bit more familiarity with it and I knew what I was looking at. So um, I, I'm excited about what we can, we can still do. Um, and we have, uh, we did our goal setting. If you remember uh, yep. a little while back and, and we're, we're knocking, chipping away at that, but a lot of that has to do with that budget too. So um, we all have great ideas and where we want to spend, but we got to be careful about where we spend. So. I understand. Um, in closing, any closing comments you want to share with us there? Yeah. Um, thanks, Jim. I, and I, I appreciate this. Uh, you know, there's still, like I said, in the very beginning, when I first started this process, I had a list of things that I wanted to accomplish. And, uh, you know, uh, some of that got put on hold as a result of the storms. And we just have to prioritize and find out what's best to, to take care of. But I, I still want to do more. Um, I, I brought up uh, probably the second or third meeting about that inmate farm. Um, you know, we, we everybody says, well, it's just a farm. No, it's not just a farm. Um, it's, it's going to open up other opportunities to try to train some of our, our inmates that are out there to give them that second chance. I kind of jokingly said we should call it the second chance farm. <clears throat> so I still think we can do it. And then that kind of, uh, kind of grew, um, to while we're waiting on that. And, and a lot of that's put on hold because of our staffing issue at the jail. We can't do that without the staff. And so we're just going to have to pa uh, hit the pause button on that. But in the, in the interim, we can still do other things. Uh, like some, uh, maybe some uh, large engine repair, plumbing, electrical, things of that nature that we can teach these folks. We have big industries uh, like Fit USA that just moved into the Deland area that maybe we can uh, start training some of our folks on sewing. You know, we had conversations uh, with them about that and uh, I'd like to see that come to fruition. Uh, so there's, um, there's some exciting projects that I want to do. We're, we're working on meeting today. As a matter of fact, I want to make our parks a little bit safer. You know, we're, we're having to rebuild a lot of those parks that are over on the beach side because of the storms. Yep. So here's an opportunity. I saw uh, taking a tour over at one of the universities, local universities. I saw the, the emergency call boxes that they had that in the event of an emergency, they could pick it up. The light would beacon. It would not notify 911 immediately. Uh, we could respond emergency personnel to that location. <clears throat> I thought, what a perfect opportunity to have it at the parks. You know, somebody's on the beach and they're near one of the county parks and they see one of those those phone booths, they could jump up if there was an emergency. They said, well, everybody carries cell phones. Well, I don't know about you. A cell phone on the beach laying in the sand is not the best. You know, they may not know, you know, it may be buried in the car for all I know. Let's make it safer, you know, uh, and lighting and cameras and things of that nature. Again, going back to my security conscious mind, uh, that's a, we're getting real close on that. So um, I'm excited about that meeting this afternoon to see where, see where we're at with that. So there's a lot of things we want to accomplish. Um, of course, uh, we have started uh, uh, campaign mode again. Unfortunately, we had to. Um, so I, I got to get back in there. So um, I'm hoping that we can we can be able to accomplish that. I enjoy working on this council. I enjoy, enjoy uh, working with our county folks as I've had for 30 plus years. Um, so I want to be able to continue to help uh, our community. Well, enjoy very much working with you, though. I mean, really do, though. I mean, Matt. And give my best to Miss Stephanie. I sure will. I sure will. She'd be happy to hear that. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you. And in closing, wonder remind you that the U.S. debt still stands at $32.6 trillion and growing, and that Fitch rating service 
dropped U.S. long-term bond rating from AAA to AA+. Now look for a new podcast to be released next week, and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140, and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And also, check out my local government budget and tax rate chart, which is attached to today's email. And with it being back to school season, Do you know when to stop for a school bus? Now, if it's a two-lane road or multi-lane roads in both directions, you must stop. But any road divided by a median oncoming cars traveling on the other side of the medium are not required to stop. But if you're behind a school bus, No passing allowed. Now, hey, these buses are carrying some precious cargo, our kids and grandkids. That said, this is Jim Cameron saying God bless and roll tide.